Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 6, season 22, we're over the hump. Welcome to episode 6. Um, last week, we obviously we did something with Seb, it was all a bit all a bit rushed, uh, it's fair to say, uh, so it was just me and Ryan last week, but I have my other... Um, I don't know what's the best words for you guys I still haven't quite figured out who you are um, Jack Ben you know who are you to me I don't know <laughs> friend confidant uh, chief confidential secretary uh, PR advisor and uh, personal shit flinger okay I want that I want that on your desk I want you know the way that people had the, like the names <laughs> I want you to get that on your desk and for the next episode I want a selfie with that in um, oh, you, the other voice you've just heard is Trevor Agnew I've got no idea what you are to me these days Trevor Agnew uh, what am I to you these days? Just somebody to take the piss out of all the time, really. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. See, see how succinct that was compared to yours, Jack. <laughs> hey, Trev's just being polite because he's the competition nowadays. <gasps> he is. He's the. He is the fat controller. I am uh, a, a poor addition to this wonderful podcast. That's what I am. No, you're not. No, Shut you're up, not. We're, we're, yeah, don't be looking. Don't be. Don't be kind of looking for sympathy. I'm not. You know what I mean? You're pulling that card there, Trevor. We're not having that. No, no. You can stand on your own two feet and you give as good as you get. People don't hear the stuff that doesn't get recorded and just how how much of a diva you are. The amount of amount of uh, Maltesers and sweets and, you know, Smarties are the coloured ones, aren't they? Where I've got to take the yellow ones out before I send them in the post to you so you have your Smarties before you start this podcast to give it a little bit of energy. is unbelievable. People don't know how demanding you can be. I have no idea where you're going with this. No, neither do I. I'll be honest, so we'll just crack <laughs> on and we'll talk about rallying anyway. Um, in all seriousness, boys, I was talking last week. We, we, we did put out the podcast very, very quickly and I was really conscious of the fact that we, we didn't, talk about and we didn't acknowledge the passing of, of the, the legend that's Hanu Mikula um, I've got some some thoughts and some stories from Hanu as it's always kind of the time to talk about these things but I've talked about them in the past before but but Trev to you really first um, it's always a difficult one when somebody passes like this but um, and uh, the word transcends um, is often overused but I always feel like everybody knew who he was yeah, definitely from the 70s, the late 70s and the Mark II escorts, you know, he just was one of those guys who won everything. Um, and, of course, the, the big change was 1980 when the Quattro came on board and Hanu Mikola uh, was the guy who, uh, with an engineering background, was uh, the one to really put that together and, and make it his own car, which a lot of other people struggled to drive, but... Yeah, over the years, he's just one of those land fins, one of the legends. I've only said hello briefly to him on a couple of occasions. I don't know the man. I've never met him in, in that amount of uh, time. Didn't spend much time with him. But by all accounts, he just was the gentleman that uh, he seemed to be on screen. And, you know, even in later years, uh, when he was over here with Vessa, his son, uh, and I know Richard Asquith tells a story about them being up in a, in a pub in Yorkshire, uh, not that far from some of the stages, and just him and uh, he went outside and phoned Arne Hirsch just to say where he was and how close he was to the stages so just little stories like that just uh, always remind you of the man that, that he was but performance kind of uh, and, and just the, the speed that he had the success that he had in rallying was second to none and uh, yeah that's the bit that I remember Jack I know 
it probably, you know, I suppose we always think about the Quattro and as, as, as Trev's just said there, and I know obviously it's not quite your generation, but the, 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 the memories you have and you kind of go way beyond your age, really, because you seem to know a lot more history than probably what I give you credit for. A lot more history, even when, from when I was watching, so to speak. But, um, from, from your side, is it, is it the Quattro or is there, is there much else that sticks out for you? Well, my family's always, well, at least originally in rallying was involved with, with Fords and kind of, uh, kind of around the period where Hanu was so successful in, in the Escort. So th- there was always kind of a, um, a discussion of Hanu being, you know, one of the best uh, rally drivers of all time in, in our house when, when I was a kid. So yeah, always, uh, you know, as you said, you know, I've done a lot of reading, but, but obviously wasn't around in this period, but you know, he's, he's, he's someone who, almost transcends rallying to, to to a certain extent as you kind of briefly alluded to because if you if you look at some of the you know some of the recollections and, and memories that we saw you know after his uh untimely passing you know some of the people who came out with with stories you would you would never even dream of thinking that they were rally fans you know quite a lot of formula one people in in the paddock there um you know talking about about hanu and, and various times they'd worked with him in the past and, and stuff like that so that was amazing but yeah you know it doesn't really matter which you rem- period you're kind of remembering for the thing you've got to remember him for is he, he, you know he was sensational from from start to finish he was amazing in the escort and then you know people quite often forget about the you know the safari rally win for for audi as well so he was kind of like successful at the start of the audi period and at the end of the audi period um obviously give him the 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 massive win in the audi 200 at the end of the 80s which was you know he's kind of like an underrated uh, rally in my opinion but you know you could talk about hanu's uh wins and and different achievements for 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 hours and hours and end and it's almost a disservice to to even try to do it because you'd be here for you know we'd have to do a whole uh day's podcast i think to to go back over them but yeah it's um you know i think i think for me the thing that stood out was i always tried to in these kind of difficult times always try to think about the, the you know the the happy memories of, of the person and you know there was no shortage of those on on social media when you flicked on to after, after we'd heard the news very much so mine i say mine it, it kind of i, I kind of hesitate to say it in some in some ways because it does sound a little kind of more like levity but it's not it's it, this is genuine i I've, I've spoke about this before about obviously where where i first went to rallying and you know really lack of access into into rallying with regards to you know obviously no internet and stuff like that and didn't really have any family around me or anything like that i was into it you know i kind of had to find my way kicking and screaming into it but one thing i do remember is that i've got uh an, an older half brother and he was into a band called half man half biscuit um now they stay with me on this one. Now, Half Man Half Biscuit had um, loads, of, loads, of, loads of songs out, and they are quite, they're quite funny. Um, they're kind of more kind of comedy based, but they're very, very cleverly written. And there's a line, and I'd heard his name because I'd read it in in, in Motoring News, whatever at the time. But there's a line in one of their songs which I can remember seeing a live concert, and there's a whole group of people singing this line, and it's the natural dexterity of Hanu Mikkola makes me want to shake hands with the whole of Finland. And there's all these people singing it and they had no idea probably who he was, but he tried, he made it into a song lyric from a band from Birkenhead. <laughs> and that kind of, that, that always blew my mind as, you know, and, and I know it sounds really odd because we've just been talking about kind of, you know, obviously his, his exploits behind a wheel and stuff like that, but to kind of make it into a song lyric as well. And I knew who he was and I had made to kind of listen to it and they had no idea. And I was educating them like, no, Hanu Mikkel is a real person and he's a rally driver from Finland, which is why they've, 
and that always kind of that was one of those things from when I was a lot younger and of course we started talking about it before Jack before we started recording you know my first you know uh, foray into watching rallying what was during group B and coming to Nosley Safari Park and seeing the quattros um come through there as well so that was my you know that was so I suppose Hanu was probably one of the very first cars that I can remember probably seeing um you know in real life as it were so yeah it's just completely two different ends of the spectrum there which I suppose I've just shared with you but um but yeah you know it's still it, it's still now when I think we've just been talking about it you know I'm where I'm based I'm I'm based not far from the safari park now in Nosley and um so I still go go past a bit where I used to, you know, where I stood as a kid and, and, and watched those rally cars say, 40 nearly years ago or whatever it is. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So, God's rest. Amazing guy. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I, our paths nearly crossed several times on various projects, but I never really got to, to spend any time with him, but I would have loved to. And, and now as time goes by, if you ever get a chance to, to spend time with, with some of the older generations, folks, make sure you do because it'll always feel like you've missed out when things like this happen because the stories alone, I think, um, you know, what would we give to just sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody and listen to, to the exploits when you look at, at somebody's career, like uh, the, the late, great Hanny Michaelis. So there you go. There you go. Thanks, boys. Um, Jack, we, we started talking before about, um, as I say, about Nosley. And you, you were saying that you'd, your dad used to come and watch the rallies in Nosley as well. Yeah, he, he tells a story about being hit with a piece of uh, aluminium or titanium or something from the SD1, which I've, uh, I'm speculative about whether he's telling the truth or not, but uh, I'm sure when he's listening back to this, he'll be uh, punching his uh, dashboard when he listens in the car or something like that, shouting shouting at the fact that it's a true story. Um, but yeah, he used to he used to go to the RAC every year like like so many people did and would go to local area, obviously. My, my family's from Chester, so um, Nosley was a perfect place really in uh, Town Park in later years and and stuff like that so yeah it's um uh, one, of, a, one, of, one of the millions that were there jack is that what you're saying yeah yeah because there was always exactly, millions there yeah. and everybody you speak to was there it's one of those yeah yeah and uh yeah obviously the famous one with that as we were kind of talking about before was uh, 95 of the race course so the fact that there was about 15 million people at chester race course in 1995 to celebrate colin mccray's uh rallying success i'm i'm not sure 15 million people were actually there but uh, we'll never we'll never really know the answer to that one will we <laughs> no no but you know what i love i, I love stories like that because there's again massively left field nothing to do with rallying but i'm just going to share it with you anyway um in 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 a previous life when I was doing gigs and doing stand up and stuff like that, which feels like a lifetime ago now, um, there was this story that went around that, um, Kirk Douglas's son, um, not Michael, but he's got another son came over to do stand up in the UK and he went to the comedy store in London. And apparently he was a bit of a diva and demanded his own dressing room. And, you know, whereas even at the, at the store, to be honest with you, we all shared the green room and stuff like that. There was no kind, nobody had their own dressing room. It wasn't like that. You know what I mean? And apparently he was quite demanding and, and he, he went on stage and, and needless to say, he was dying on his arse. And, um, you know, people start to get, you, you, I, I, when you watch stand up or if you've ever been a stand up, you, you kind of, there's a rumbling that kind of happens in the room when they're just not having it. And the rumbling started to go through the room where the audience wasn't having this at all. And, um, in the end, he got really frustrated, which is the worst thing you can do. Uh, cause when the audience senses that you, you're done for basically. And in the end, he kind of got really aggressive and went, don't you realize who I am? I'm Kirk Douglas's son. And the room fell silent. And then somebody stood up at the back and went, no. 
I'm Kirk Douglas's son. And there's somebody <laughs> else stood up and went, no, I'm Kirk Douglas's son. And then apparently all the rooms stood up and went, no, and he stormed off and he was never seen again. Now, every act from a certain generation, probably about 15, 20 years ago, will tell you they were also on that bill. And if everybody who's told me that story who were there was on that bill, that bill would have been somewhere in the region of 200 comedians, let's put it that way. Uh, and there was various people who've, who I've spoke to who were in the audience as well. But I love stories like that. It's just everybody kind of wants to associate themselves with being there. But in fairness, Jack, I'm, I'm convinced your dad was in Chester. There you go. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. So uh, I'm still getting over the fact that his dad actually listens to this. He's <laughs> listening, listening in his car thinking, that's my boy. <laughs> that's the height of his achievements. He's definitely done well, that job. He's, he's got some word. He's got some word in life. He gets to talk to Tre- Trevor Agnew and Tony Simpson every now and again on the podcast. There you go. There you Why go. Uh, boys, um, obviously we didn't speak last week. We talked about before, but we we had um, our winter rally for this year, Trevor Agnew. We had the Arctic Rally Finland. Um, our predictions, by the way, just to just 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 to go back. Um, you had Elvin Evans to win, Sebastian Ogier second, and Cali Rovenpera third. Yeah, it was clear those Toyotas were going to be strong in that way. <laughs> what went wrong? told us why it went shit, though. Yari Mari promised us he'd come back to us with a full debrief on where it all went wrong. Well, Hasn't heard that yet. Well, we're, you know, because in fairness, Jack, you you, you went Cali Robin Perez, you win, Elvin Evans second, uh, and Thierry Nouvelle third. So you actually were quite close because Thierry Nouvelle was third, Jack, but. Just going back to you, Trev, for a second. Why, why were we all so fundamentally wrong? Uh, because if you look back at the history of snow rallies over the last year or so, it, it hasn't been that good for Hyundai. Was, and we know how much testing that, uh, that Toyota have done. And traditionally in the Swedish rally, they've dominated. So it just made a lot of sense. And even going back again, if you look at, look at the result in Monty, even one, two, four Toyota. And it was at one, two, four for Hyundai and, and the Arctic Rally Finland, sponsored by Capital Box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, just, it just was, um, it just was bizarre. But anyway, that's what happened. And clearly Hyundai have got their, their, Stuff sorted out when it comes to fast rallies in general. Well, you've uh, got Estonia last year, and of course on this one. You've got. And there's, all, there's this chat about being on the wrong test roads, which I don't really get. That I don't. I don't see it. Okay. Maybe yeah. temp- temperatures was a different. Maybe. I'll get a word in anyways any minute now. Right. Your prediction of the highest rally two car, or should we just call it an R five car? Yeah. Well. Again, because the cars are reliable, there was not much drama on the rally. If you look at it, apart from Ogier going off and uh, and and like effectively giving everybody a chance in the championship, like he did last year in Turkey when the car broke. Um, but has everybody put their foot on his throat? Um, maybe his teammates haven't because they were inconsistent and they were frustrated. And again, just proof that, that Toyota wasn't working. Uh, but you know it did. The, the WRC, the lesser categories, you know, you could have easily on that first day, for example, one stage ran twice. A car blocks that road twice and you're in trouble. You know, it, it, there's lots of things that could have happened. That 20% of the mileage could have been knocked off in the first day. And so there's lots of things that could have changed in that rally, but it didn't. But anyway, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony, Jack saved me. I, I think your shit flinging at Trevor Agnew has been directed in the the kind of uh, the the wrong way because because 
Dungannon's book writing finest, John Desborough, did predict that Oliver Solberg was going to win the rally. So I think that was the worst prediction made last week. Oh, that was the week before. But yeah, to be fair, he did. JD went uh, Oliver Solberg, Oit Tanak and Elvin Evans. And I thought we were predicting who was going to be leading the championship after the round. That's why I went with Rob and Pera. <clears throat> Can you smell that, Trev? <laughs> uh, have, you got a, have you got a niff or something there? Yeah, I'd, I'd check his hand out, see what's on it. <laughs> um, just, I've just walked the dog, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to use plastic bags. <laughs> no, he used the plastic bags for himself. He's savvy. He's savvy. What can I say? What can I say? Um, we've there's been a lot made, obviously, of 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 what went on with regards to 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 the rally, and obviously we had Seb on last week, Trev. Um, you know, I put a couple of points. Obviously, you raised the week before to Seb as well, and he 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 was fully fully appreciative. You know, we've we've just joked, of course, that JD had predicted uh, an Oscar, uh, uh, an Oliver Solberg rather win. Um, just how good a drive was that? Uh, for Oliver Solberg, incredible, yeah. yeah, fantastic. And again, getting frustrated with himself, <laughs> uh, which. You know, first off, he got a co-driver in there, which is a different thing. And how he handled that was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, and the way they seemed to work together is great. And you'd expect nothing else from Seb Marshall. Uh, clearly a modest man, but he did a brilliant job. The prep that he would have put into that, that nobody would see behind the scenes, you know, would, would have been immense, even in the short time frame. Uh, Aaron will be back in the car soon, which is great. Uh, it sounded like a real bad anomaly over tests that, uh, that meant that he couldn't get in the car, but that'll be done. But his performance is just incredible. We shouldn't be surprised that it. The lad is just fantastic, and he's had all the experience of uh, rallycross cars over the years. So the, the level of performance, clearly on the arrow, which is a big thing that a lot of people struggle with when they're trying to drive these cars at 10 tenths. Uh, once he got his head around that, he was able to put in times, like fourth quickest, I think, at one point. Just amazing, you know, but as I say, we shouldn't be surprised anymore. Jack, we've spoke at length, um, both on the podcast and probably off what we would talk about you know, young drivers and budgets and, and things like that. I think we're, we're all in agreement that, you know, Oliver probably wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for his dad. But now his dad's not in the car with him. And, you know, you very, very quickly get found out in rallying, I find. And, and he is being found out and it's, he's getting found out in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. He's been, he's been phenomenal. And I think, you know, it's not, I, I think, I think it's less about, Petter, in a way, it's more about the obviously the financial um, kind of avenues that that opens for for Oliver, and and yeah, you know what, maybe he's made it, you know, to to this level quicker than some other drivers of a of a similar talent might have done. But you know, every time we discuss this, I always say, you know, motorsports always been defined by money. It, it was it was that way in the 1960s, and it's and it's that way now, and it, it never changes. Obviously, it takes a lot of money to to get to the level that Oliver's at, but he's delivering on. On that potential, and you know, I think the the most impressive thing for me was not where he finished, because you know, I think some people might t- you know look at that if they didn't watch the rally and you know you know don't really read too much into the results, might have looked at that and gone seventh. Well, you know, that's all right, but it's nothing special. But he was you know just over a minute and a half off the off the win, which is unusual for someone you know coming in uh, at his experience level and being able to deliver on that. You know, we look at how much um, experience Tackers you know, been able to, to build up over the past few years and, and was narrowly ahead of him. But even like, you know, I, I can't even help thinking, um, 
I know it's changing the topic slightly, but I was so impressed with, with Oliver, but almost as just as impressed with Craig Breen because I know Craig's got more experience now and he's he's building that up every year, but all these guys talk about how important seat time is and how important it is to get a rhythm in the car and, and be in the car for, for pretty much every rally. And if you're not, then you're missing out on, on a lot. And, and Craig once again stepped into the car. And we know he's good on the snow rallies, but you know his performance was fantastic in my eyes. I, I thought he was one of the stars of the rally and didn't really get talked about afterwards because there was you know kind of so much attention on on Oliver. I think there was there was I, th- I think. Um, Andrea Darmo had actually gave him a little bit of a hard time and then kind of retracted it afterwards when he kind of had time to reflect on it at one point. I think there was, there was, there was definitely kind of something said and then I think there was, there was something with regards to, um, you know, when you start looking at the seat time that Craig's had, then maybe, and just echoing really the, the, the point that you've just made, Jack, but Trevor, if, if I can come back to you, um, I'll, there's another subject which I want to touch upon in a second, which has been a bit of a news story that's been floating around this week with regards to WRC and changes again in 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 the ladder, so to speak, in opportunity and everything else. But um, are we now getting into the realms of? And I said this, I think, last week to to, to Seb um, and, and and to Ryan as well, and we discussed it a little bit last week. So for, listeners, forgive me a little bit, but the boys weren't here. But um, we're now getting, you know, 19, 20 year old lads in WRC cars. Now, obviously, there's this supposed, you know, there's, there's, there's JWRC and then there's Rally 2 and there's Rally 3 and everything else. Now, of course, you know, both of those drivers had a very brief spell in, 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 in some of those categories, but um, they're straight into the cars and you can't see how they're, they're ever realistically going to go backwards now. Yeah, it's true. If the funding allows you to get into the cars the quickest possible opportunity, why wouldn't you? Um, other people are taking a different approach, like uh, Grajan reckons that he has to be the master of uh, Rally 2, is that what it's called now, WRC2, uh, before he moves up to a rally car simply because of the expenses involved, and clearly he'll struggle to get a budget to do that. Um, so, yeah, if you've got the money, fast as you can get up to, providing you can prove your speed as you go, you know, you need to be, you need to be fast, you need to prove that you've got the craft as well. Uh, but when all of that comes together, then you should move up as quick as you can, I think. Is it? Is it not, though, Trevor Case, a learn? Is there not an argument for learning events? Yeah, you, you know, do that, but you're naturally going to do that if you've got a couple of years in, in an R5 car or whatever it's called, a Rally 2 car. Uh, it will take that. You know, you've got at least one year in those before you start moving up, I think. Um, and and you, you learn it that way. But it's learning the events. I've never known a thing to an extent. You, you get familiar with events, and of course, you can go a lot quicker in events that you've been to before. But if you look at history, the people who are really special will move up and they'll be able to do that quite quickly. Jack, is there also an element to this as well, of course, when we, you know, the, 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 as, let's use Cali Robin Pair as an example. The Cali Robin Pair story has been building for, feels like, 10 years. Yeah. And even, you know, we've, we've, we've seen pictures of Oliver Solberg, you know, in the cross carts and then obviously you know, doing the Nordic Championship in a world, well, what was, you know, a kind of world rally cross spec car and things like that. Is there also an element that the, 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 the marketing, and it is marketing, you know, no matter how much we, we, we the marketing begins rec- incredibly early for these two young lads. 
yeah, yeah, that's a big aspect of of the kind of the brand they've built around them. But you know, it's it's never as simple as one thing has allowed these guys to get to this level at, at this point. You know, there's always so many different aspects that that come together at once. And you know, their dads have been you know massive influences on their on their career. And you know, arguably would be would would people have been talking about Cali Robin Perry when he was eight years old? You know, uh, you know, in, in all those YouTube videos and stuff. If if people didn't know who his dad was, you know, there's a chance that they might have. But there's a, there's also a, you know a chance that they they wouldn't have. And even if they did, you know, they might not have um, you know kind of associated Cali with his dad and, and and remembered his dad. And then kind of you know people within Rally and might not have built the same amount of respect for the for the sort of transition that he's gone through in in his early career. So you know it's it's it's, it's never as simple as, as as one single thing that that helps these guys get to this level. It's it's a it's a case of so many different things. And I think you know there's 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 always two ways to look at it. I mean learning the events is is obviously a big thing, but you know for me that's only the last twenty ten percent of the of the speed. You know these drivers need to know how to write pace notes and and commit to them, and 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 that's you know respective of of any rally you know these guys are watching so much video now that they're picking up you know what the surface is like and that's all part of you know reading what the rally is going to be like as well so you know getting the experience on the rally is a massive thing and they're not going to win wrc rallies these days unless they've had experience on the event before in my opinion it's very unlikely that we're going to see like a debut winner anytime soon just because of the amount of preparation work that's going in now and the amount of video they've got access to and obviously it's a big benefit to have done the events before but for me it's more important for these guys to be learning how to write notes and commit to them and if you can do that you can do what oliver solberg did at you know at the weekend and well like the weekend before last and and you know drive committed to the notes that's what you've got to do in rally and that's what it's all about Trev, um, we're now, and I, I think I, I asked this to Seb last week, um, Seb Marshall as opposed to Seb Ogier, um, not through lack of trying, no focus. But did he not answer you? No, he's never answered me, mate, to be honest right. with you. Uh, you know, we, we, ne- we very nearly got Sebastian Ogier. Again, I feel I'm full of stories though. Colin and I, when we first came back with Total Rallies, true story this, and I was in a radio studio in Manchester and um, you're going to love this reference, Jack Benyon. You're going to love it. Um, we we had Seb lined up, and because we recorded as live, because we were using a radio studio and it was getting broadcast on the radio station as well, um, we were trying to get Seb going through. Um, through he was he was at a uh, um, an airport, and we were trying to get him going through security and stuff like that and all the way through kind of the 50 minutes because it was an hour-long program the 50 minutes with breaks and stuff like that we kept on trying to cut to him and dialing the number in adverts and things like that and we got right to the end and uh we just missed him literally by seconds and it was like that episode of partridge where he was trying to get roger moore on <laughs> it's like Roger Moore's just gone into the services and it was one of those where I remember recording and like, finishing the last bit going yeah Seb's just about to be able to take our call but we've got to go off air and we never ever got him again and I've never been able to get him since so um, so yeah he was the one that got away but um, going back to the point sorry I'm reminiscing here um, going back to the point I was just about to make to, 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 to you Trev is there a, is there a, is the way I'm, you know is, the, is the, are we at the point of the, we know Sebastian Ogier, joking aside, is, is retiring at the end of this year. Um, we've got new blood coming in um, into the sport already. We've just been talking, of course, about the obvious two, and obviously there's various drivers in Rally 2, Rally 3 right now. Um, is there a change of the guard? Is it starting to happen in your eyes? 
Uh, change of guard in there's a transition. There's certainly two fast young kids coming through to rival what OG and Loeb did. No doubt about it. They're just special. They're freaks of nature. They're just, you know, they've been driving since they were no age at all. So all that side of things is definitely embedded in them. Uh, it's quite interesting. I was starting to see Rovan Perra make a few mistakes and not get the consistency that he even showed last year. So there's a bit for him to learn around that side of things. Oliver, probably the same as a go forward. But those two guys over the next three, four years are going to be battling for the championship, no doubt at all. And then who's going to be the supporting category around them? And um, so... Again, if you want to win a championship, and we've got to look at, you know, it's just, I go back to what I said with Ogier. He's presented a chance for those other guys on the Arctic Rally to uh, catch up with him because, as we know, you're talking about championships. He knows how to win a championship. So like if uh, Thierry Neville with his new co-driver, who's going to keep going with and persevere, and it's going to be some tweaking done there with the distraction that he has and the lack of clarity in the notes. So Thierry Neville has been the bridesmaid many years. Uh, when he's had a co-driver and this is just something else then it's going to take away from that uh, focus and concentration for the whole of the championship so there are things like that that you've got to get right from the start of the year if you want to compete for the championship and I think the people in the best position to do that will be Rovan Perra and Solberg and then you've got people who can fall in around that the like of the Alvins and the, uh, Craig Breen even you know Craig Breen if he had a full chance in a competitive car he's comfortable with the year he'd be there or thereabouts as well you know you've, you've only look at that man's pace and he comes into an event having not done anything for months on end and literally from the start he's on the pace so it, it'll be fascinating just to see uh, but there's no doubt Rovenpera and Solberg over the next two or three years will be fighting for the championship it's going to be good to see that and then who else fits around that will be uh, the supporting gig if you like um, and how long is Tanak going to stay when Orogia is leaving uh, how long will Tanak stay uh, Nouvelle those are the guys really that uh, we I, don't know I can see Tanak being one of those people that could quite easily do a Rosberg yeah <laughs> just yeah. walk away and yes I agree. And, and I, I wasn't so convinced of that until I watched Tanak the movie. And right. you've seen his life, how it is, yeah. and how he mm-hmm. conducts himself away from rallying and things like that. And, um, yeah, I could quite easily, one of those people who woke up in the morning and went, mm, do you know what, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't even think you'd see him come back and try anything else. You know, I think he'd be quite happy going back to, you know, he's got his own team, of course, with Marco Martin, and, they, you know, they support people and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. But anyway, um, uh, funny enough, talking about Tanak, I, I, we were talking about a story that's broke Trev over the last few days um, with regards to the restructuring yet again um, of how WRC is, is going to be. And the end of the two-wheel drive car, which I thought was quite dramatic. And there's been a few things and Dirt Fish put something out with regards to, you know, the top 10 two wheel drive cars and stuff like that. And it kind of got me thinking, I thought, have I kind of misread this a little bit? And and I, I think I have, I'm going to, sorry, let, let me come to you first. Jack. Have, you, have you read the story? Haven't you? Well, I've read the world motorsport council ruling and, and what the implications are. So I think I'm, I'm all right to talk okay. about it. All right, cool. Well, my, my interpretation was yes. Okay. That, but, if you've got a homologated car, you can still go and do the events. So it's not yeah, that's correct. It's not the end per se of two-wheel drive cars in the World Rally Championship. It's the end of a structure uh, or dri- a supported driver structure, i.e. JWRC, um, 
that it, 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 it is no longer there. So I've got that right. So it's not. There's, there's, it's just that there's no championship for rally four and five cars. That's it. No, yeah. no championship for two wheel drive cars. That's it. Okay, great. Well, it's not great, but you know, a little bit of clarity there. I just thought I just wanted to check on that. But Trev, from just going back to what we were talking about before um about you know young drivers and getting to getting to the point you know we've we talked of course at length there about, about Calais and, and, and Oliver um are we are we missing a trick here or has truly the moments of two-wheel drive cars in a championship scenario at world championship level is it done now is it really done or is it just the fact that they're now trying to push rally three uh, I, I don't know why they've decided that two-wheel drive cars shouldn't be there anymore. Is it because they're unreliable? In other words, is there that much performance now? Drive shafts can't keep up with, with the car. Is that the reason? If that's the reason, then do less stage mileage on the events, but still have the guys out there in a cheap form of car. The structure at the top, and I'll get, I know you want to go to Jack first, but the structure at the top should be really simple in my view and match what we have in other sports. So Moto GP 3, 2 and 1, Formula 3, 2 and 1 and it comes to that. And in rally it should be the same, WRC 3, 2 and 1 with an easy understanding, a completely different category in each as a progression that's easy for people to understand who are casual viewers. That's the key. I, Jack's going to explain this in a bit of detail now. I had a go at it. I really wanted to be, I went with a positive mindset and I had a look at the article that Luke Barry and Alistair Lindsay did on Dirtfish to try and work it out as somebody who's got a bit of interest in it. But I got three quarters of the way through it and I thought, you know what? I don't have enough life. I don't <laughs> have enough life left to try and work this out. As somebody who wanted to do it and wanted to work it out, it just is so hard. Jack's probably worked it out, so let's have this simple version. Always you, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for that setup, Trev. That was really kind of you to uh, drop that in my lap, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, I think I think it's basically pretty simple. So you, you basically now have got WR, WRC one, two, and three um, in the sense of you know what you described as Moto GP, Moto two, and Moto three. So we've got WRC one, which is obviously WRC cars, and you've got WRC two, which will be for our five cars, and you've got WRC three, which will be the new Rally three car. So You've got that one, two, three. Where it starts to get more complicated is that WRC2 and WR3 have an open and a junior class. So they're still divided after pretty much the the main criticism of WRC2 over the past couple of years has been, why is it divided into WRC2 and WRC3? Because it makes it too complicated. So I get the idea of having an open and a junior class. Obviously, the junior class has a limited age. Um, you can only win it once, and then you're not allowed to compete in it again. Um, you know, it's supposed to obviously give juniors a place to to go and, and, and you know, to, to compete. But, yeah, for, for me, I think the... You know, I think the easiest way I can describe it is there's now a WRC 1, 2 and 3. There's no championship for two-wheel drive cars, so they're not included. Um, they can compete on the events. Um, there's, there's nothing stopping them from doing the events. It's just that there won't be a championship for them. And then WRC 2 and WRC 3 are you know, split into two. The, w, the WRC 3 category will be for the Rally 3 cars, so that's the Fiesta people have seen. It was out on the finished championship last weekend. It's a 100 grand four-wheel drive car, basically. So I guess what you would describe as an R5 flavour of what Group N used to be in, in many ways. It's, it's a lot of spec parts and, and stuff that's similar to, you know, different elements of the, the pyramid that we've seen before. It's just, you know, put together in a what is expected to be a, you know, 100 grand package. So that's the easiest way I can describe it. And, you know, I think there's many ways to, to look at it. I think there's still people producing 
two wheel drive, um, you know, front wheel drive cars. And for me, it makes sense to have that class because if you are trying to persuade a new manufacturer to come in, then, you know, most of the manufacturers that would tend to compete in rally and have got front wheel drive road cars. But then that comes back to the debate that Trevor and I often end up having, which is, uh, you know, are any manufacturers actually entering the WRC anymore to sell cars? And the answer to that is probably no. So in that sense, it doesn't make much of a difference whether we've got a four wheel drive car or a two wheel drive car. Whatever happens, the manufacturer is going to have to build a rally car. So it doesn't make too much difference to them if it's going to be four wheel drive or two wheel drive at the end of the day, especially when the rally three car is made of so many spec parts that, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult to, to do. So, yeah, I guess if you've got any more questions, Tony, then fire them at me. But I hope that's a, at least a brief explanation of what's going on. And just let me explain as well before we go. Uh, it wasn't because of the article I didn't understand it. It was a very good article that Luke Barry and Alistair Lindsay wrote. And I did get exactly what Jack says. It is simple. WRC 2 has got two categories, 30 years or younger for the junior. WRC 3, 29 years uh, for the, the junior category and younger. And that's a four-wheel drive category now, so no two-wheel drives. I've got all of that. It's only when you start going down through then the European Rally Championship and how they want to align things and uh, get rid of the 50,000 trophies that they currently have. (laughs) It starts to get really mind-blowing and hard to explain. That's the bit. What Jack explained, I got all of that and I understood that. I could have actually said that if I had wanted to. Do you know what? And and, and I agree with with you both and, and everything else. But how, okay, the fact it's now simpler to use, to use the terminology that you used before, Trev, is that going to make a blind bit of difference to people now going, oh, I'll go and watch Rallying? Uh, I don't know, uh, is the bottom See, line. I'm, I'm, how, I'm, how much I'm, interest have people got in Moto2 and 3? That's a chicken uh, and egg question, that is. That's a chicken yeah, and egg question. Yeah. I just don't, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know whether we're getting stuff in the right order, and I haven't got the answers. This is, this is me just kind of putting it out there. I don't know whether we're getting stuff in the right order. Is that the but, biggest? But who, who are you talking about it for? So if you want a ladder of opportunity in the World Rally Championship, you want a three, two, one going up. You know, let's win the three series, and you move into two. And I've seen it, Formula One. Clearly, yep. Formula 2 winners don't necessarily need to win the championship. If you're the fastest person, you get plucked out of that. Next step up is Formula 1, if you've got the right budget. And it's no different. It should be the same here for young drivers coming through. And Hyundai have released the, the, you know, the, the latest uh, program, the Customer Racing Junior Driver program, which is great. And guess, who's, guess, have, who's next, guess who's next up in this podcast? Uh, I reckon it would be Josh McArlan. That's right, after the Should break, be. very shortly, he's going to be talking all about that. There you go, oh. Trev, you didn't even know that. Sorry, mate, I just thought you. It's okay, congratulations to him, and it's a fantastic uh, experience for him. And it just proves, you know, that uh, with the right backing, uh, and you think it's, it's not all about performance on the stages, and he's a very professional guy from what I've got to understand. The way he goes about his rally and is fantastic, but he's got encouragement, support, opportunities that Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy have, Billy Coleman Award, he's the current winner, John Klein, Fire Money in it, and now he's alongside Pierre Louis Loubet, he's got Ali, uh, uh, Ola Christian Fabi in there, Oliver Solberg, we talked about Yari Hootenen, and uh, Gregoire Munster, so it if if there's an opportunity and you move into WRC2 and you're a junior and you can do that, then, yeah, it, it, it should be then that the fastest from that particular category then moves up to either the Open Series, the WRC2, or 
if a manufacturer wants to take a chance and put him in a fourth car in a WRC1 car for the odd event, and we know Solberg's come back into a WRC1 car, uh, Adam uh, has said that already. So, yeah, it, it makes more sense then if that happens, and the simpler it is. But the way it is now, WRC2, if you're a junior in that car, it doesn't matter who you are, and you're interviewed at the end of the stage, and you want to compare against the fastest WRC2 car, it's a lot easier now, isn't it? which simplifies it, and that's a good thing. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, listen, we could talk about this all day, but believe it or not, we're 40 minutes in to a podcast which really wasn't, didn't have any particular general direction. We were just going to kind of shoot the fat, as it were, so I'm really conscious of that. Um, uh, boys, have you got any other businesses this week, by the way? Yep. Okay. Yep. I've got, I've got, an any, I've got an, an any other business, which I came both via um, Trevor Agnew, and also from uh, from the guys um, at I'm just trying to pull up the email now as I'm speaking to you. It's um, Trev. Who did you send me a message on? Help me out. Uh, I can't remember. You did. You did. You did. You sent me it. It's um, it's the Richard Burns. Um, oh, Dave Welford. Dave Welford, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, okay, apologies, you. Dave. Uh, my mind just went blank as we were doing the, the Richard Burns fan page. He just wanted to. He's doing. Um, he's doing a, a piece with Colin McMaster um, for the Richard Burns fa- fan page, which is going to go out next this well this coming Saturday as we record. Um, so uh, with it being twenty five the twentieth anniversary of, of of his and Robert's title win, so. He's got some interviews lined up with regards to that, and uh, Colin McMaster's going to be putting some images up as well. So, um, yeah, go and go and seek out the Richard Burns fan page. As I say, um, Dave does a fantastic job there. Uh, big listener to the podcast. Apologies, Dave, for my mind going blank on your name. Um, so, yeah, please check that out. That's my only business for this week. Anyway, um, Trev, we'll have yours. Just a fun thing then. Uh, I want everybody to put themselves in the situation where money's not an option, and they have to pick a driver to put in a world rally car on a world event. So what would that setup be then? So I would clearly go with Ryan Champion <laughs> and Ford Fiesta going to the Safari Rally. So Champs clearly is a winner of the Safari Rally. The Fiesta tradition has been the most reliable car, so we'll probably need a bit of that. We'll give him a couple of days of testing, even though you don't need that much for to get him into it and up to speed. That's so there you go. It's very kind of me, of course. So uh, everybody else, have a think about who you would put in a World Rally car and which event and why. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah, it can't, it can't be yourself, Tony. <laughs> You're joking, aren't you? I've got mine. I've got mine. I'm putting, Go uh, I'm putting Sebastian Loeb in a 306 Maxi on a WRC event. Which one? Any... <laughs> Oh yeah. Any tarmac honestly, 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 any course, course could be the obvious one. It's not in the championships, only problem that. Do you know? Do you know? Yeah. I, I'm gonna and again, just just for fun and fr- frolics, I'm gonna go with what Jack just said. But the caveat to that, I'm gonna have a one mate championship for 306 maxis, and we're gonna have Loeb, Panizzi, and Delacour have a shootout. Nice. Boom. Oh, you'd need to throw Ogier in there as well, I think. Yeah, just for shits and giggles. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, there you go. So I've just, I've just come back on that one. Uh, Jack Bengen, you're in the business. 
Well, my any other business is also a question to the Absolute Rally listeners. So you've got two questions this week. You've got to answer, Trev, on why and who you're putting in your WRC car. Um, and I also uh, had a quick flick through um, Dirtfish after the World Motorsport Council ruling to have a read on their interpretation of, of what was going on with the Rally Pyramid. And they've done a, a story on the 10 best front-wheel drive rally cars. Now, I want to know what your what your best front-wheel drive rally car is, and I want to know why you're choosing that as your best. Because, I say this, because the number one car on the article that, um, that Dirtfish has done is the Citroen Saxo kit car, Super 1600, which, if you're talking about the best F2 car, surely it's got to be the Zara, because it won a WRC event outright. So for me, that would be the best. But that's my definition of best, and I'm using my sort of uh, interpretation of what the best is. So I yeah, want absolute it's rally. It's very listeners. subjective, though, isn't it? It well, is subjective. It is subjective, but is is the best not to win a WRC event overall? Is that not what what we would class as the best from the? No, okay, all right. Let's let 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 let's do this. Let's do this then. Let's do this one because Trev's probably probably better paced than you and I to to to, to answer this because I think we all go two wheel drive. We all we all well we all, we all think fr- sorry front wheel drive. I think our go to is 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 F two. And of course, Trev, you sat in an F two car. Yeah. Uh, aside from what you sat in, just the one word answer almost here. What was the best F2 car across the board of all time? Uh, it has to be the Peugeot. Even, 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 even on gravel? Yeah, well, I don't even think about it. I think of the noise and everything to do with 306 Maxi. That's got to be the one. I hear what Jack said, but I, I just think there's something about this Peugeot over and above the Citroen. Um I was surprised to see the Puma in there at number five or six or whatever Don't it was. say that's a Ryan champion. I don't know anybody's ever driven one. <laughs> Ask any of the guys who are trying to compete in them in the Junior World Championship. Anyway, uh, it's very subjective, as I say. So uh, I, think quite, I, I do quite like the look of the Puma Super 1600, though. That's fine. I'm sure the reasons the guys have given is probably because of that. Mm. Obviously, all these kind of articles where you rank things are subjective. So uh, I don't, definitely don't criticise Luke Barry, Stephen Brunston, or Alistair no. Lindsay for their selections, and they've they've chosen they've chosen some great cars. And so, you know, for for sure, you know the Saxo was long lasted, and obviously Sebastian Loeb drove it, so it's the best rally car of all time, along with any other car <laughs> that Sebastian Loeb's driven. And obviously, I, the car the car that was second was the 306 Maxi, which I definitely can't argue with. Um, but yeah, I just I just think you know the the Zara's fifth, even though it won a WRC event outright. So uh, I think for me, I would definitely have that number one because it won a WRC event outright, and there's nothing better than that. That is the best. It is the best thing you can do in rallying is win a WRC event outright. So that's why I sort of suggested it, and I'm interested to know what the absolute rally listeners uh, would, yeah. would rank. Because right. it's a, a trick, definite, isn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> congrats to Luke Barry as well for taking up a full time role with Dirtfish. Richly deserved. Well done, that man. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is a really good place to stop. So, uh, you've got a bit of homework, folks. By all means, send them to us, um, on Twitter or on Facebook or indeed do go old school, you know, absoluterally.co.uk, the way Dave Welford did, for instance. I, I, I get a little bit giddy now when an email comes into the absolute rally, um, E- email box because we hardly get any to be honest with you because I think just Twitter's dead easy isn't it tell right? you what D- Dave is um, someone we should probably get on and have a bit of a laugh with on the, on the podcast and I, I just think 
people talk about people giving stuff back to rallying and that used to mean like running a single make championship or giving young drivers a chance in rallying or, or, or whatever it might be. But the group that he runs and the and the amount of pictures that he posts online and all that kind of stuff really helps to like get excited about rallying. And, and even when we see things like the pyramid being messed up and different, you know, having 45 different classes for our fives and stuff at the end of the day, you can just flick on Facebook and Dave's uploaded a picture of, Richard Burns, for example, you know, full swing on, on Rally Finland or something, and you're just like, yeah, everything's all right with the world now. <laughs> yeah, good point. You know what? We should. We should. And, and he's doing a series of interviews. It's not just the one with uh, Colin McMaster he's doing. He's, he's done one with Robert Reid and a few few others on there. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, 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 should probably, we should probably get him on. We'll get him on over the next few weeks. There you go, Dave. The, un- the open invitation's there. Um, boys, thank you for this. Uh, we'll be back hopefully we'll all be back in the same room in inverted commas uh socially distanced by probably about 300 miles um next week so uh champs is out doing skids in snow and ice at the moment so he'll be isolating i'm guessing so he'll be he'll be around jack will be around because jack's just i don't know jack just seems to be just there doesn't he you know what i mean uh, got, nothing, got nothing better to do is that what you're trying to say i was trying to be nice but yeah basically <laughs> yeah and 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 trev obviously we we, we booked trev in advance now to be honest with you we have to so well just getting a bit dodgy around 2023 so you need to get yourself sorted okay and that sounds more like a threat than anything else <laughs> especially the fact that i think the fact that champs is isolating after coming back from sweden is, is one pun too far yeah okay <laughs> oh. <laughs> folks we'll be back after this break <laughs> <laughs> this is Absolute Rally Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action go back to the future with the Kielder Works team Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Um, we're trying to we're trying to keep our finger on the pulse. And an announcement went out. That we record this today, which is Tuesday of this week. An announcement went out yesterday. Young man that I've known off and on for probably the last three or four years, and I've kind of watched his career. Kind of just it seemed to just it was like a rocket ship. It kind of started off really really slowly and then all of a sudden we 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 see announcements like we're seeing yesterday so we're, we're going to talk about that announcement now but i'm going to welcome him back because you have been on the podcast before uh josh mcelaney uh welcome back to absolute rally hey tony it's good to be back on it's great and you're not having even got your wingman with you because last time you had keaton with you as well uh, yeah, he, he's uh, abandoned ship this time. Yeah, he's all right. So it's just you and me. It's just you and me. Because last time it was like herding cats, trying to get you all on the same page at the same time. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, just just genuinely, just to take a step back, it it, it genuinely, maybe it's just because I'm 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 getting old, but it feels like five minutes ago that you were coming into the BRC in quite an outdated C2R2 at the time. Um, and I can remember there was a bit of a push to get you into a Fiesta um, and everything else. And I can remember those conversations. I can remember Mike Harris talking to me about it at the time. And then it just seems to have just rocketed. And even last year, you know, when everybody was wondering what was going to happen and you still managed to get five or six rallies. And so congratulations on that. But, does it feel like it's only been five minutes to you, or does it, does it feel like three or four years just hard slog at the moment? Um, yeah, it's, it's 
been a while since the CP. Obviously, it was in 2017. So, uh, yeah, at the start, we always, well, we still are, we still struggle for budget. And, uh, yeah, I think in 2019, when we got into the 208, we, we just had to get the best car in the championship or one of the best cars in the championship and just go for it. It was nearly our, our last chance at it. So, uh, yeah, from 2019 on, it's, it's definitely been <laughs> sort of propelled. It's, it's only four years now, Josh. My missus hasn't spoke to me for longer, to be honest with you. Four years is nothing. Uh, yeah, but budget front soon run out in four years. So uh, <laughs> you, have to, you have to make it the most of it while you can. So, um, yeah, I think the winning the junior BRC was, was a real turning point in my career. Um Obviously, we got to drive the Hyundai and the LGB, the sport of the British Rally Championship, which was were phenomenal. Um, it was it was really in at the deep end there. So uh, no, and then we got got the Billy Coleman Award thanks to Motorsport Ireland, and yeah, it's been a real a real changer. Yeah, it, it you know it, it does seem. As I say, genuinely joking aside, it does feel like five minutes to me, but it, it obviously is not five minutes to you at the moment. But the announcement yesterday was one which um, I, 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 I'd be doing it a disservice if it said it surprised me. I just kind of wasn't expecting it because I really didn't know you were you were in a position or you were up for this particular. T- tell our listeners a little bit about what what the announcement was yesterday. Uh, so yeah, we were we were picked as a, or selected as a Hyundai Motorsport Custom Racing Junior driver. Um, it obviously gives you access to the Hyundai Motorsport team and their experience, and obviously the backing of the Custom Racing program. Um, and yeah, we're now involved with Hyundai Motorsport, which is yeah a bit crazy to think, but we have to take this opportunity and maximise it as as quick as we can. As yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's one of the seven stones into the World Rally Championship. Does that give you? Is there a definitive? You know, and I'm I'm sure you'll you'll announce things in due course. But uh, does that have you got a definitive plan now based on the back? Did you have to present? You know, that, well, this is what I'm going to do for this year in order to be in this position. How how did it kind of work? Um. So we're we're part of the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy and. Yeah, Sean McHugh is the coordinator, so it's it's mostly talks between Motorsport Ireland and Hyundai. Um, I didn't really get involved much in the talks. It was I knew it was the back burner the the whole time, and yeah, you just have to. It's, it's a long game this year. You have to play your cards right, and yeah, talk talk to the right people. And yeah, I think uh, Motorsport Ireland was pivotal in getting us to to this position. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot of hard work from behind the scenes that no one really sees and yeah I think uh, Sean McHugh <laughs> has a lot to do with um, With regards to, to, to calendars for this year though, do you, do you know what events, obviously we know, we appreciate the calendars are, are somewhat fluid at the moment but do you have an idea of, 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 of what direction you're going in You know, is it, is it World Championship, is it ERC is it even BRC, is it you know, Irish Tarmac, what, what, what is the kind of plan? Um, at the moment there is there is no set plan. There is nothing firm in writing. Uh, I think over the next couple of weeks, now that this is out there, we can start planning. Um, it's it's looking towards selected rounds of maybe the WRC3 and ERC, as well as maybe some BRC. So it's very open at the minute. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, COVID-permitting scenarios. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't really mind where we go as long as it's in a rally car and in the Hyundai and we get we get to go fast. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's been obviously some really positive feedback with regards to the, 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 the next generation, I suppose, Hyundai i20. We can't call it R5 anymore, can we? We get, we, we get into trouble for calling it R5. Rally, rally <laughs> two, isn't it? Is it Rally? It is yeah. Rally Two, isn't yeah. it? See, I'm still getting this yeah. wrong, and I, I keep, this this has been so so far about two months of me saying this. Um, there's been some great developments. Have you have you managed to sample that new car yet? Um, no, I I haven't drove the car yet. Um, I think the car has been homologated in June or July, and yeah, the plan is to be in Rome in the new car. So uh, yeah, I think this will be a, a real turning point for. For Hyundai and the, the Rally 2 program, it seems to be from what I'm hearing is it's a top level car and it's going to be fighting at the front. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. There, um, obviously, it would be ideal to get a test test program in before that, but uh, hopefully, I'm here and hopefully we'll be in person. It's as you say, it, it, it is it is exciting, and I suppose. You know, we've got Matt Edwards coming up a little bit later on the podcast. You know, he announced his program very, very early on with, you know, change your car and stuff like that. But, you know, his attitude towards it was, you know, we've had so much negativity. It was good to put out a good news story with about, about rallying. And I suppose very same feel for you, really. It's, it's, it's a good news story, which I suppose you, you're ecstatic by, but we all want to see stories like this. We all want to see some positivity about rallying, I guess. Uh, yeah, obviously rallying in Ireland and the UK is, is quite bleak at the moment. Um, it's a shame to see the, the Irish Tarmac Championship uh, not running this year. And yeah, I hope the BRC gets going as it is one of the, the best championships out there. And I hope to be there on around of it. And yeah, like Matt says, it's, it's good to get some good news out there and get people thinking again. So, you know, as you say, you, you, you just want to be driving. Is there now... Uh you know, is there Josh? Is there is there a kind of uh, is there a next steps plan? Is there kind of have you got markers that you've set in the sand now? But with regards to you know, by twenty twenty two, I want to be doing this. By twenty three, I want to be doing this. You know, I don't mean age wise. I mean you know, twenty twenty two years wise, if that makes sense. Uh, is there now a plan with Motorsport Ireland that you're now following? Is there a, is is there a definitive thing that you're working to now? Um, not so definitive. Um, as you're well aware, rallying is quite fluid as such. Uh, a lot can happen but yeah I think you, you have to aim towards the WRC it's, it's where the top level of the sport is and you have to go do the rallies and experience them to, to get the knowledge and yeah I think we have to go to the WRC at some point this year to get experience and, and see what it's like from different rallies and different terrains so uh, yeah I think the whole uh, plan for Morse for Ireland is to get someone to the World Rally Championship and yeah, it's going the right way for us, but we have to put in a lot of hard work over the next couple of months to make everything come together. Does it, and this may seem like a really lazy question to our listeners, I suppose, but, you know, obviously, you, you know the relationship that, that Craig Breen, of course, has built quite recently with, with, with High and Die. Does it help having somebody like Craig and Paul Nagel around, you know, the, 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 you know, the big team, as it were, you know, somebody that perhaps, you can relate to directly, you know, it must be difficult to relate to, you know, I know Tanak or Tia Nouvelle, but certainly you can relate yourself in the journey that you're on to, to what Craig and Paul have been through. Yeah, it's good to see another, another Irish man at the top level of WRC. It's something you can aim to and inspire to, but yeah, Craig, you can lift the phone anytime and talk to him and he'll give you answers. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good, good position to be in with Craig being at the top level and, and fighting at the top. So um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely all disadvantages. 
it's and as I say, it's 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 great. It makes me feel really old when you when when and I, I always say this whenever I speak to young drivers. But again, it feels like to me you've been around five minutes. But the amount of rallies you've done and now you've made that jump into the Rally Two car, and obviously you've got this really exciting year, which I'm sure will be announced in, in due course. Um, I'm hoping you've got my favourite Shropshire man still sat alongside you. <laughs> yeah, getting back on the board for this year. It's, we've been building a relationship for two years now, and it's it's going quite well. Obviously, the both of us are learning at the same time. And time, and yeah, I think it's going from strength to strength, and it's uh, it's definitely good to have them on board for this year again. I said something last week. We were talking about this. We had, we had Seth Marshall on with us last week, of course. Who, who jumped in last minute with with um, with Oliver Solberg. And yeah. looking at when I looked at the finish, you know, when they put the 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 the, the flags next to names and stuff like that, yeah. and I was astounded by the amount of British and Irish co-drivers that were in the top top six, top seven, the WRC. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever had that many before. And Keaton, to me, and he's not here, so I'll say this: Keaton, to me, definitely <laughs> is is being. You know, I've known him for five or six years now, and. To me, he was always destined to, 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 to go on, you know, to, to, to be a great co-driver. And, and when he jumped in with you, I thought, OK, he's got this. This this could be the perfect marriage in, in many ways because you're keen. He's keen. And it's just that meeting of the minds and two people on the same level with, I suppose, with no commitments as well. I suppose that helps as well. You know, none of you have got. Uh, well, you might have a girlfriend. I don't know. You might have a boyfriend. I'm not going to judge either of you. But where I'm going with this, it must be quite nice to have somebody similar age no commitments and their only focus is on rallying too yeah we're both young we're both inspiring to get to the top and Keaton Keaton's very dedicated to the cause obviously he puts in a lot of work and preparation before events so uh, yeah it, it's uh, we're, we both have the same goal and we want to get there so it's it's, uh, yeah, as you say, a good match. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Josh, we just wanted to congratulate, or I wanted to get you on and congratulate you. I've not spoke to you for ages anyway, but uh, it was such great news, and I really wanted to celebrate it and let you know our listeners all over the world know that we've got drivers here. We are coming. We're going to come and get you all at some point, and uh, this is our next young one that we're going to support. So, Josh, well done. Uh, I can't wait to speak to you again when we know a little bit more about your calendar, and I'll let you get back to getting your preparations in place anyway. Thank you very much, Tony. It's great to be on. Fantastic. Listen, uh, Josh McElhaney, thank you so much for joining us on Absolute Rally for this week. Uh, We're going to go over to a little break and then we're going to come back with Matt Edwards talking about his BRC programme for this year. Hi everyone, this is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a rollercoaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point, by me, John Desborough, on eBay, now for $7.99. Welcome to the final section of Absolute Rally. Thank you um, so far, by the way, for all the downloads, all the nice comments and everything else. They do make a difference, and even the nice comments on, on iTunes as well. Man who's not been with us for a while, for, for obvious reasons, because the world has been pretty much on pause, is multiple rally champion, double British rally champion, Group N. Was it Group N? Was it still called Group N, Matt? When, when you won uh, Production Cup, it was. It was a Production Cup, Trump wasn't it? Thing. Yeah. That voice yeah. you'll recognise as Matt Edwards. Hello, Matt. Hello, how are you? Um, I'm all right, mate. I'm all the better for speaking to you because it means that <laughs> there's a little bit of positivity starting to happen. 
Um, which means we're starting to... I know, I know, we've got to be careful, haven't we? Touch wood, touch wood. That things are starting to get spoke about and people are starting to talk about plans and, you know, normally, and this is what, this is what was quite exciting about your latest announcement. Normally, it's fair to say over the years, you've kind of normally arrived late because you've still been putting a deal together or whatever it may be, but you're kind of first to put your hand up this year with the announcement yeah. that with the announcement yeah, that you'll that be was, something different, which is quite exciting. Yeah, it is. And I think you, you mentioned positivity just then. And I think my idea was that there's been a long time of, of nothing to to write home about with, with British rallying, um, obviously since the Cambrian start of last year. And, you know, I've been battling to try and, and get something going behind the scenes, you know, ever since really. Uh, and the deal has taken a long time to, to, to come to fruition behind the scenes as well. But I just wanted to be the first person to say, look, you know, I'm coming back. I want to, I want the championship to, to generate a good profile again and, you know, start early and, and get people interested and, and show some positivity and lead from the front. Um, so yeah, that, that was the, the idea and, and there we are. It's, it's a move as well, of course, away from kind of, I suppose, to some degree over the last, certainly over the last couple of years, the, the spiritual home of, of, of being in a fiesta of various, you know, obviously you drove the M Sport fiesta, you drove private fiestas and stuff. So, you know, to, to move away from the Fiesta, and I know obviously there was an outing in the Hyundai as well. That was the biggest shock, I think, for me when I seen what what the announcement was. Yeah, um, it, it's you know, there's I've, I've said in uh, you know numerous articles already that there's absolutely no there's no breakdown in relationship with M Sport at all. You know, I've helped them out on the tests out in Provignemi before the Lapland Rally um, last week and things like that. So it's it's purely um, a commercial commercial deal really the, the the car although it's exciting to drive another car um you know the, the polo's reputation goes before it it's it's a very capable car but the, the car wasn't really the the deciding factor in the move it was purely you know we, we had a, a budget shortfall just for a change um, and uasa did some fantastic work behind the scenes to to get TPS on board. It's a business to business deal with them and it works really well for everybody but obviously that wouldn't work so well on a, on a Ford with TPS being a, a VW parts supplier so that was how it all tied together really in the end. Um, of course it's it, 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 it harps back to the days of, 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 of having the Golf GTIs of course and the, the Super 1600 Polo as well back back in the early 2000s and stuff like that in, in, in the Formula Rally year, is it is it nice to bring, uh, I suppose, a, a different brand? Because, you know, there's, a, there's always been a lot of Fiestas. Hyundai have been very aggressive um, over the last few years as well of getting customer cars out. Um, the Polos were very much, um, um, I think, well, I, I know a couple of people who made inquiries about them, and, you know, you, you kind of have to wait your turn to get a Polo. The fact that it's a little, if, it, it still feels a little bit exclusive, I think, to, to, to have a Polo. I th yeah, I think there is an element of that to it, but I think um, certainly of late there seem to be a lot more, from what I've read between the lines of Melvin and discussions with him, they are, you know, there has, there has been more of a customer focus on, even with the Poland now, and, you know, the, the, the supply has been really good, and, you know, we're 
there's you know parts of you know despite the announcement they're not making any new ones the part supply is all good and there's updates come in that you know the the car we'll be using will be having it'll be fully up to date and so there's no there's no problem from that side of it so you know it's great to have their support you know they they are on board they know they know the, the program and everything so it's it's good it's exciting it's it's good for the championship and it's another big challenge for me <laughs> absolutely I, I, I'm, I'm a shoot have you have you tried one yet uh, I, I think I can just about remember how to turn it on but that's about it <laughs> it's, it's literally sat in the seat the seat I've sat in the seat about twice but that's about it we haven't, we haven't been anywhere with it yet yeah. not driven it down the road even so, uh, okay. so we're a bit late to be making any judgments on performance with, and just changing our minds so we know we're fully committed and uh, looking forward to getting it out at some point soon Brilliant well, we've obviously calendar wise we've, we've had to be a little bit fluid um, to say the least I think the, the opening round now is coming in as the Nicky Grist stages isn't it I think because we, we, we lost we lost the original calendar a little bit for obvious reasons. Is, is Chris the first yeah. round for you guys now? I don't know. We're, we're waiting on an announcement still. Um, right. There's potentially another event in June um, that they're trying to, to confirm, but not not totally sure if there's any other amendments to the calendar as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Is it going to be? Because obviously you you mentioned obviously it's 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 the legend that is Melvin Evans who's going to be running it out of his workshops is it is is it going to be a two-car team are you going to have is it just yourself or what, what how do you see things um there might be a bit of news on that later but at the moment it's just myself um it's, it's great to be to working with melvin to be honest it's, you know we've, we've tried to work together on a, on a few deals over the years already um but you know it's in terms of change from them sport to melvin you know, it, it's a it's close-knit team isn't there's no I don't think I'm thought with Manly saying that you know Melvin is like a family-run team, and you know that has pros and cons as, as with everything. But you know it's certainly nice to be to be working with you know a Welsh team. There's that sort of side to it as well. Melvin's uh, got great experience with with running customer cars and things, so you know it, it just felt it felt really good, and the, the work we've done so far has been really good. And you know it's it's a, it's a nice place to, to go and, and spend some time and. I'm sure we're all looking for the same result at the end of the day. Have we heard any rumours on, on on where where the competition is going to come from this season yet? Because obviously, as as we said at the top, you you've made your announcements, and you know you, you you kind of start looking around and go, well, I wonder if you know, wonder who's going to come back. You know, where, where where's the fight going to come from? Have have you heard any? I've I've heard nothing, which which isn't difficult for me at the best of times, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Where, you know, I, go on. Sorry, come on. I think Tom's. I think Tom. Then uh, I don't. I don't know for for a fact. He sent a, a nice message when he's read the news. Well, um, so I think he's he's on board. I don't know Oshin and Reef. Uh, any of the Irish guys? I'm not not in contact with them as such. So I don't know. Just the more the merrier. Let Let's go and enjoy the rallying. For you know, we've, we've all missed it. You know, everybody will complain about lack of numbers and. The events aren't the same as they were in 1955, but um, <laughs> you know, let's go out and enjoy it for goodness' sake. You know, we've waited long enough, and you know, I think a lot of people, well, I hope a lot of people have realised what what they miss, and the, the fact that the events aren't as long and as intense as they need to be. I, I don't think as relevant as it was 18 months ago. Now, I think people just need to to, to appreciate every event and have your opportunity to get to go drive the car and even support. 
the events in the championship that they aren't particularly fond of because all the events need to run and you know build and support and you know it, it needs to you know we, we are I think talking about the survival of the sport in general to be honest not just yeah. the British Championship I think all events that we can go out and support support the organisers and the clubs and yeah. go and enjoy ourselves here here Matt um, I couldn't agree more and that, that's a really good place for us to finish when it gets a little bit nearer the time and we start getting calendars confirmed and stuff maybe maybe we'll get you and maybe one or, the, one or two of the other boys back at the same time we'll have a little bit of head to head we'll love all that love all that we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, 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 we'll do a better box of music and everyone we'll get you and Tom and maybe some of the other boys back and we'll get you all on <laughs> and do a, do a round table chat so listen mate uh, good on you really really pleased for you that you've managed to, to, to get a deal together in these troubled times um, folks there has been absolute rally for this week we do appreciate the download and uh, we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hold next week absolute rally powered by the Kielder Works team spread the word and download the podcast every week